The following podcast is a next level production. Oh, you're Calm down, Mark. Mark, I didn't shoot you. Your mind is violently vacillating between sense and nonsense. Picture this, all right? Your brain is a pendulum swinging between a very difficult reality that you are my patient here at Putnam Medical Facility in Chicago, Illinois, and a reassuring fantasy that you've created on your own, that you're some kind of, I don't know, superhero, all right? You're doing everything and everything possible not to look within. You're not really a doctor. Is that why you keep starting imaginary fights in our hospital? You're not a doctor. Hey, Palmers, welcome back to the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this is going to be a spoiler-full podcast about Moon Knight, Episode 5, which is entitled Asylum. So, Steve, what is the synopsis of this particular episode? Short and sweet, Mark and Steven search through their memories to find their truth or get left behind. Very short. Very sweet. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if they, you know, they didn't really search through Steve. I I don't know if they actually searched through Steven's memories. It felt like it was all Mark's memories. Well, that's something we could talk about regarding this. Because literally, if you think about it, Mark and Steven's memories are the same. They are the same person. So, yeah, yeah, we already know this. For we've been we've not been knowledgeable of this for a while now, but yeah, there's also something mm-hmm. else that's uh, apparent too within Mark's multiple personalities that we we could actually get into. But initial thoughts: What were your initial thoughts yeah. on the actual episode? I have to admit, when the first time I watched it, when it ended, like the biggest thing for me was how are they going to yeah. wrap this all up in in one episode. You know, I mean, I'm excited to see, and I I trust that they're that they're gonna wrap it up well. I just don't, I just don't see how all this yeah, crazy how, stuff, you know, uh, can get wrapped. I, I don't up think it will be. In a tight I, I ball. think this is going to be an ongoing issue within the character itself, or if a, a lot of rumors to put there for the character itself, because. What if they get rid of Mark and Steven altogether? Because based upon what we've learned from this particular episode, if they both die, they're gone. And then Kanchu would have to take somebody else as his quote unquote Moon Knight, you know? Yeah, yeah. I've got this as one of my points, so I don't want to I wanna go do too deep into it. Yeah. But it was definitely that ending for sure is is like how, again, I'm just I'm just so confused. Because I can't believe, I mean, maybe they would. I can't believe they would bring a star of this caliber, like Oscar Isaac, bring him into Mm -hmm. the the Marvel Disney universe and just give him six episodes and then we're done. You know, no follow up, no movies, no cameos, no team up. (laughs) I just can't, I can't see that. And I also can't see. Moon Knight without the multiple identities. 
Same is, here. Is, is kind of the thing I'm at now. So, I, I, yeah, I'm just like I'm. Uh, I, I, we'll get deeper into it. When we, but I mean, what about you? How did how did you end your first run? Uh, my first thought about this, uh, honestly, I thought it was a great idea. Uh, a nice aspect of the episode is that we finally get the confirmation because the last episode that we left off with, we weren't sure what their status was. All we were left with with Tarouette seeing at the end going, hi. Mm-hmm. And then they scream and you you said, you know, Stephen going with the girly scream and then, you know, Mark with the guttural. And then we come to find out that they're dead. Now, mind you, I haven't even gone back to the previous episode of where they were and to find out how they died. I oh, didn't no, even... they – yeah, so I did. After we podcasted last week, after we got done podcasting, I went back and watched three and four back-to-back okay. uh, just so I could be prepared for when five came out. No, Harrow shoots him. Harrow shoots him right in the chest, twice in the chest. So I, I have no – they're either dead or near death. For yeah. sure. I mean, his Harrow, that was the, you know, he's in that fight with with Harrow's guys, and he's mm-hmm. holding his own really well for being one man against several attackers. But then, you know, he doesn't have a gun. Harrow's got a gun and shoots him and, in the chest. So yeah. I, I don't know. And that's where, you know, that's where this is confusing because this episode kind of is, well, I don't want to get too deep into my They're in the world of the dead, basically. In my opinion, you know, it's like Tarawet is there to, uh, it's either either to transport them to Duet or Mm -hmm. uh, or the Reeds at this point Mm -hmm. uh, to move on with their their existence, uh, either to live. And at the very end, we find out, you know, it's a, a constant struggle just to get somebody out there or back. And she actually mentions that if she does, they're going to have a bullet in their chest and they can't heal. Right. And that's and that's when Mark and, – and again, we've got more of this. But that's when Mark says – or Stephen says, you know, to get a message to Layla yes. that – to get Concho to resurrect him again. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I think that's kind of – it's – yeah, it's – I'm just – I don't know where we're going to be at the next – in the next episode, because and they, they only have really... like forty-five minutes within that particular episode. Yeah, and well, like you said last week, unless they go mega size with it, yeah, yeah, um, which I don't know if they'll do because they haven't done that with any of the other shows. But you know, it's still they could. I, I just, I, I'm excited. It's, it's the whole you know Owen Wilson from Armageddon thing. I'm I'm sixty percent excited, forty percent worried. I'm I'm thirty percent <laughs> excited, seventy percent worried. You know, yeah. it's I I just I'm one part of me is worried about what they're gonna do in this last episode, and so mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm excited for us to get to it. And like, uh, we gotta wait four or five yeah. days. So, yeah. <laughs> well, with me with this particular episode, uh, I thought it was very awesome that we got both of them working together Mm -hmm. and there's a mutual respect we find out that mark had a lot of issues to deal with in his life and it and it came from family his guilt of his brother's death his mother not being a model mother and him dealing with it and making up this particular personality of steven and then during the course of the show he's been protecting steven all this time because he needed steven and I really appreciate that. And you could show – it actually does show that he does care and love for this particular, you know, personality. Oh, yeah, and, for sure, for sure. And and 
you know, he's trying to protect him too, still within it. And we see that within the episode. So I really uh, appreciated that because it goes furthermore into Mark's mind and, you know, the personality of Steven. But there's also another personality in there that we do see within that whole construct of Harrow or Dr. Harrow that we're going to get into, which I'll, I'll talk about later on, which is pretty interesting, too. It's in my notes, and I got a lot of deep discoveries that I actually had to go into. Okay. So with that, we'll, we'll move into our top points. You're going to learn to listen. I want to see what she did. I want to see what she did. Disgusting. You're not meant to see that. You're not meant to see that. That's the whole point of you. The point of me? The point of me, what, to be your stress ball? All this time I thought I was the original. But I'm just something that you made up. You've got to live a happy, simple, normal life. You understand? But it was all a lie, wasn't it? So what? What does it matter? What, you want to remember the truth? And Steve, what, what, what is one of your top points? We kind of started to get into it right there uh, towards the end. It's the switching between the afterlife and the asylum, because this is really, I mean, the whole point of this episode, and I think one of the other podcasts kind of mentions that there's a Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode that's kind of like this, that leaves you with the thought of, is all this just in her head? And Mm -hmm. that's what we get, you know, from the very beginning of the episode, we get that, uh, we get Harrow, you know, he's trying to convince Mark that he's actually in a psych ward and that the psych ward is reality and that all this other stuff is nonsense. And we, you know, that, and I didn't realize until my second or or second watch. And then the third watch confirmed it, that we, at the very beginning, we get those flashes of the cave and his mother saying that it's all your fault, you know? So we get that kind of foreshadow of what's going to come at the end. So, and then of course he, he's in the doctor's office there. And it's one of those things that, that I didn't notice until my last watch, but, um, you know, Harrow says they're in in Chicago, they're in a in a psych ward, and he kind of is trying to convince Mark that it's it's just the drugs that have him kind of addled, or Mark thinks, you know, the drugs are taking him in and out of mm-hmm. reality, so to speak. Um, but it, it it was interesting because Harrow says something about you're you're imagining fights. And in the, the first time we see Mark snap back into Harrow's office. We see his nose all busted up and bandaged. <laughs> but then the second time when we jump back into Harrow's office, his there's nothing wrong with his nose at all. And yep. I, I'm, I don't think that's a continuity error. Nope. Uh, you that, know, that is a personality error right there. Right. So, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out what this, what is going on with this, because we we can kind of and I'll in my next one I'll talk about Tarot, but mm-hmm. we can kind of talk about that kind of separate the asylum part of the episode from the afterlife part of the episode, I think, mm-hmm. because there's there's little flashes in the asylum again, and at the end of it we're not really left with any confirmation. We're just left with this this thought of 
is all of this has all this season just been in his head? Because it sounds like, like you said, that other that that Doctor Harrow knows what Mark is seeing because he talks about the hippopotamus. He or he calls it uh, what he calls it a rhino. Does what I did mm-hmm. last week. Calls yeah. it by the wrong name. Mark corrects him. He goes, "Oh yeah, it's a hippopotamus." So. Uh, yeah, I just it, that whole switching back and forth thing, and and Mark trying to figure out what's reality, what's real, and what's what's nonsense. You know, what's mm. sense and what's nonsense was was just a great story device to me. I, I still think this is all in his head, and this is probably a test within his head, and it's based upon him coming in and out of consciousness while he's dying at that point, and that's why he's still on Tarwitz boat, as it were, sailing on the seas of sand, going to Duat, and trying to get to the point where both of them go to the reeds. And that's where their hearts are weighed with the feather, which is very interesting. Um, That's very much Egyptian culture and what they actually do. And Stephen actually does explain it, which I really do appreciate it. Uh, I really think uh, that... They're putting this in kind of like a duality where he actually has to, like, between worlds. And in his mind and his soul, as it were, we're, are battling and trying to figure out what is real and what's not real. Now, mind you, he did make this binding contract with Kanchu, and now he's bound to this kind of uh, Egyptian religion or culture. And the gods are there, and he they are aware of him. We have Tarouette, and she's there, and they're weighing it. But I think he the whole dream state that we're getting with him, and um, and with Doctor Harrow in that kind of psychiatric ward in Ohio or whatever it is, Chicago, Chicago, mm-hmm. and uh, basically they're literally. It's him coming in and out of it. It's like him and his mind is wandering. and But where he is with Tarot is literally his spiritual sense along with Stephen. So it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. So that that's my that's my thought on this. And, and like the whole Buffy thing that I remember those episodes mm-hmm. and that was bonkers. <laughs> and, and for somebody to write something like this, that is amazing. You know, uh, yeah, I I do feel the same way with you with this. It's like you're you're kind of splitting. Like, what is real and what's not real? Is he really imagining all of this? Is everything in his head? And I really don't think so because the fact of Moon Knight is an actual character is something that is real. We already actually know that it is real because we've seen Layla see him put on the suit, so we know it's not fake. So, I think this is a way for him to salvage his mind and his soul at mm. the same time. But that's just me. My first point would be, uh, well, you know, I love the fact that Tarot meets both Stephen and Mark and brings them, you know, and on the, the flow to Duat, and, which mm-hmm. is basically the afterlife. Uh, they are basically on an astral plane, which kind of reminds me something out of Return of the Jedi when they're on Tatooine and mm-hmm. they're, uh, you know, sailing on the uh, sail barge and everything else. 
and uh, she's basically guiding them to, you know, so that they can both move on. And I, you know, we get that whole balancing of Stephen and Mark's hearts balancing on the scales with the feather, so that way they could get the field of reeds. And throughout the whole time, it's unbalanced. It's unbalanced. She even says they're not balanced. They're they're a quarter here, a quarter there. I I think there's something else that's not there. The balance can't really. Uh, the the scale really can't balance in any sense for the reason that uh, I think there's something else that's there that they're not, you know, talking about or knowing about. And I think when you already mentioned it too, when we see him and he's got the bandage on his nose, did you ever notice that he never acknowledged himself as being Mark or Stephen in any case? Harrow was just talking to him directly and acknowledging him as Mark, but he wasn't really saying, hey, no, this is not Mark or whatever. He was always very challenging to Harrow and doesn't know who the hell Harrow is. And I'm starting to think that's another personality that we haven't really mm. gotten to. And I think that's what we're going to get at the very end result. Because I mean, at the very- maybe, but I think I I think if that if that person in the chair was a third personality and the doctor kept calling him by the wrong name, I think he would have acknowledged that. No, I think I it, just like we get that scene when he when he does come back as Stephen, mm-hmm. the the doctor starts talking to him as Stephen. He's using Stephen's voice. He even yes. when he gets on the phone to call, he he says he's calling Mrs. Grant. You know, and then we find out that it's just a dial tone. It's not even a real number. Yep. So, I, I mean, you, you you could be right. It's an interesting, interesting point of maybe. But I, I think I no, I, I I think that's Mark because you know when they when they go into the the memory palace, it's Mark for sure because he's talking about all the people that he killed as Moon Knight, hmm. and it's his memories. Or so, maybe, or maybe it's uh, like a different alternate version of Mark. And it's not even what everybody speculates, which would be Jake Lotley, which would be cool because to be like, oh, okay, so this is another version of Mark that we have absolutely no clue about. <laughs> yeah, know? I just I think the I think the show has not I think the show has not shown us that third personality. No, That's they just haven't. my take. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say you're wrong. You could be right. We'll find out in the next episode. But I think I think the 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 show has kept it very close to the vest of not letting us see that third personality because I really think it's not gonna be Jake Lockley. Or it may be the name Jake Lockley, but it's not gonna be the same. It's gonna be kind of like the Stephen Grant character. It's gonna be a completely different character that we don't even no, that's that's just my assumption, though. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, I, I agree. I mean, you, you could be honest, but uh, Tarawa, uh was that all you had for that one? Yeah, it's all I had. Okay, uh, Tarawa was my was my second point as well, my second uh, discussion as well, because like she was just hilarious in that whole time. Like every time she speaks, you know, she says that no one balanced souls on my yacht. Thims the rules. High hopes for you two. You know, it's like she's got like this bubbly, you know, kind of trying to be positive at the same time. Well, you're actually dead, you know. Um, but uh, I, I thought it was interesting though about she makes a a, a comment when she she first sees them. That uh, no one's been there in a while. Mm-hmm. So it's it, you say that thing about, you know, maybe because he was Khonshu's 
avatar. That's why he's been drawn into the Egypt religion. This is a, which is an interesting concept. So I think it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, again, hilarious that she's got these cards that she hasn't used in so many years. She asks, you know, oh, are you twins? And, and Mark starts to say no, but Steven says sort of, and she goes, oh, okay, well that explains it. And she just kind of moves on and doesn't realize that he's not actually two people. He's, Mm. he's, she's looking at one person with two separate psyches, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and then, but then I love that how towards the end when the, those dark soul, when she says unbalanced souls are being judged, this is evil. Uh, she's, she's knowing the assumption I'm, I'm thinking that as an audience, we're supposed to assume that Harrow is getting very close to releasing Ahmet. And mm-hmm. that's what's happening. That's what's causing the afterlife. And then, then when Stephen uh, appeals to her about re- letting them go back to Earth, you know, she makes that comment about that I just send you back to a body with two bullets in it. Uh, but then she agrees to help them anyway, and she makes this comment about Osiris is going to be angry. You know, <laughs> so I think there is a possibility that. If Mark can find his way out of the field of Reeves, because what I noticed on my last watch that I don't think I picked up on before was mm-hmm. it's not until Stephen's body is consumed by the sands that those scales suddenly balance. Yes. And suddenly, and there's still two hearts on there, but they mm-hmm. suddenly balance. And that's when she says, oh, they balance. So now you're released. And immediately, uh, Mark is is in the field of reeds. We got that Egyptian music playing. The Mm -hmm. sun is setting and he's looking completely surprised. And that's where we end the show. So it's like, he's been ushered to the other side. So now there's, there's Layla's got to find some way to release Khonshu so that Mark can then be released from the afterlife, I, I guess, or yes. St- I don't know. And that's uh, where does that leave Steven? Is he's been consumed by the sands? These are all questions that they're going to have to answer for us in the next, uh, the next episode. So I think the gods will have to make a play in this at that point, because they're, they're more than it's more than just Mark at this point. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's when we'll probably get Steven back and we'll probably get an answer to that bandaged nose person that we saw. Hopefully, it is a third personality that they had no clue about. Mm. But uh, hopefully, we'll get some sort of resolution regarding that. Right. Well, the next point for me would be uh, seeing Mark's troubled childhood. I I thought that was very well done. You know, Mm -hmm. he feels responsible for his brother's death. Very similar in a tale of what happened to Johnny Cash in his life, because he felt responsible for his brother's death mm-hmm. back in the day. If uh, if anybody listeners that actually watched that uh, Joaquin Phoenix and uh, Reese Witherspoon movie where uh, they portrayed it, and, and you know Johnny Cash lost his brother, and he always felt responsible with the years. His father hated him, became a drunk, and blah blah blah. Uh, he. But the thing is, in this case, Mark always felt responsible for his brother's death within that. So Mark had to deal with a mother that was a drunk. And within that, because of how aggressive she was. Uh, abusive. abusive. I mean, she's hitting him with yeah. that belt. Yeah. yeah. So. And then he basically created Stephen. And that's that one incident where 
Mark confronts Steven, telling him, he goes, I will tell you, you don't have to go to that room. And basically, they go up there, and, and then Stephen even sees it. And then he's kind of mouthing everything that he had stated when he came into fruition within that specific scene as a kid. And with the accent and everything, he's cleaning up his room. Mother will be sore at me, blah, blah, blah. And it was a made-up person for Mark to handle that within his life. And it's so sad, but it, it was something that was needed to be done. But you could also see that is the reason why Mark was always protective of Stephen throughout that time. Yeah, that scene confused me a little bit because it seems like, uh, unless he switches back, it seems like Stephen was the one getting the beating. But I think maybe he switched back to Mark before the beat. Like, he created Stephen to to be this personality that would, would have the perfect mother and, yes. and that. And so when she actually breaks into the room and, and comes after him with the belt, I think he must have changed back to Mark or possibly that third personality to, to, you know, push Steven down so that Steven, because remember Steven doesn't want to acknowledge the memory that his mother's even dead. Yes. He, he doesn't want to uh, acknowledge that she was abusive. He doesn't want to acknowledge that she was a bad, a bad mother. And, and so it was, yeah, that scene, it confused me a little bit, but at the same time, I'm right there with you. Uh, it was, it was hard to watch in this episode. I don't know if it's been on other episodes or not but there was a card just before after the credits but right before the marvel studios logo there is a a a card they flash up about if you're having mental health issues or something like that contact and they give yeah it's real quick and it's it's one of those things it almost seems like it was added as an afterthought by disney realizing that they should have had this in there all along yeah and so they put it at the end of the credits right before the marvel studios logo so that it's at least there you know for people who watch all the way through to the to the end but yeah yeah uh my next one is uh, the memory that we we see we step into of Layla's father being murdered and, and Mark uh, again talking about that origin story that we hadn't Ooh, gotten no we finally yeah. get it and it's it's eerily similar to the comic books he says you know he says uh, when you wander away from post in a fugue state so I'm assuming he wandered away from his post from the military one of those times when he reverted to Stephen or reverted to a different personality and that's what got him kicked out of the army or whatever military he was in, Mm -hmm. you know, and that he went to work for his old CO Bushman and Bushman had a job stealing this or robbing this archeological dig and decided he was going to kill everybody. And Mark uh, was opposed to that. And so Bushman killed him instead. I I just, I love that. And I love that scene where we get with Khonshu and the almost dying, Mark, where Khonshu says, I need a warrior. Do you want to be a warrior? And then he stands up and we get that suit. We get the full suit and we get Mm -hmm. the full camera shot of him assuming the identity of Moon Knight with that armor. It just was incredible to watch. And I just, I loved it so much. It was great. So I'm just, I'm excited to see what uh, what more if we're going to get anything more from that but that was enough like i i, I wanted to get at least some sort of an origin story yeah. and so we got it and uh, i believe so if the t- if the time frame is right what i'm what i'm getting at is he i think layla said her father died 6 months ago 
And in one of the memories when he's talking to Steven, he says, we got the call from dad that mom died two months ago. So his mom died while he was Moon Knight. Yes. Is is the impression that uh, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's all. That was that was my my next one there. Just I, I loved getting that origin story and, and oh, seeing. Yeah, that would be mine, too. That was my next point as well. I love the fact that we actually get that. And it was very like you said, it was very similar to the comic. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we got a visualization of it. And that was what was most important, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, within the actual episode. Uh, so do you want to go on to your next one or you want me to? Uh, well, basically, on, honestly, in a nutshell, it would be uh, Tarot and Sailing on the Sands and, and souls that were being sent down from the world above in mass because of probably what Harrow was doing. Mm-hmm. She, she said she never saw anything like this because all you saw was a lot of souls dropping into the sands. Yeah, not even dropping. getting a chance to be weighed or anything. Just Exactly. <laughs> and to me, it, that was something that was not foreseen before. She tries to help them, and she wants them to balance their hearts with the feathers so that we they could get to the to the reeds. And within that, you know, we see Stephen fall over, as you mentioned before. But apparently, if you go overboard, you're dead. You're stuck in the ground. You're in the ground. Well, yeah, so, that's those that's those unbalanced souls. That's what they exactly. don't, the ones that don't get to go to the reeds. They get stuck in the sand. Exactly, and which kind of what. I got into a conversation with a friend of mine who I work with. He is a Jehovah's Witness, and I'm from Catholic descent. You just the same. And we were talking about what we talk about hell, and it's pretty much like what this would be, where they would fall into the dirt. A lot of uh, religions seeing is like, oh, you're going to go to hell. That would be mean that you would go into the dirt, and that's where you stay. And I think that's the same principle within this, is that that uh, the soul is unbalanced and it has to go and it has to stay down there. And that's why Stephen is down there, because he couldn't survive and because his heart wasn't weighed properly. And then that's why the, the scale had balanced to some degree for Mark at that point. But, yeah, it, it's very interesting on, on that respect of how certain religions ha- carry the same weight of uh, certain things like that. I really did enjoy the fact that it's like, okay, it's sad to see Steven go, but I'm hoping he comes back. <laughs> I really want to yeah. see him come back and defeat that obstacle. But uh, yeah, that, that was the, the best part of that is just like, you know, the fact the, the look of the look on Oscar Isaac's face when he loses Steven, you know, as Mark. Yeah. It, it really grasped me and it's like, Oh, he just lost his best friend. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And just to be clear, I I, not, I appreciate Catholicism a lot, I, and and yeah. my Catholic brothers and sisters. Uh, I'm a Baptist, which is Protestant. We're actually oh, Protestant okay. for separated from the Catholic Church. So, but that's that's just my personal story. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, but no, no, I'm big, just saying uh, everybody has like within certain everybody religions has their own thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, uh, but they are very similar to some respect, and that's that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's cool that that what that point goes right into my next one which is we get and some of the other podcasts that I listen to have talked about this is we we get the reveal that Mark Spector for sure is Jewish. Yes. You know, uh we we've they've said one of the other podcasts I can't remember if it was TV podcast industries or or uh 
uh, House Podcastica talked about the fact that Oscar Isaac uh, Oscar Isaac has said in interviews that it that is going to be dealt with and that it's going to be treated fairly and correctly and that they had you know a Jewish person on set to help them deal with those things so i i thought it was really cool that we got to see that he talks about setting shiva we see him wearing the yarmulke yeah we uh, we see we can we can see that they're in that that kind of mode so i just i appreciated how they how they treated it that they didn't they didn't hit us over the head with it mm-hmm. but at the same time they they treated they it fairly it. exactly exactly yeah yeah and i did appreciate that too especially the way how sad as it was for him to pull off his yarmulke mm-hmm. as as drunk as he was and his father beckoning him into the house to sit shiver with them and he just yeah. couldn't do it and then he kind of morphed into steven yeah that's where t- that break that's yeah. where that break occurred where he said you know he told layla in the last episode of the episode before where he said i had it handled for a long time and then this and then we find out that it was his mother's death that was the thing that broke him. So, yeah, that's all I got for that one. Just the acknowledgement. And I liked how it was treated. Yeah. Same here. I understand. And yeah, I, I felt, I felt that heavily too. When I watched that scene, last one, last point that I have would be Mark losing Steven. And, you know, he was really upset about it. Honestly, it's basically the overall ending. It's like us Mm -hmm. approaching the end of where the next episode is going. And I'm very curious as to how, where they get to, are they at the reeds and does he have to make a statement to the gods at that point? Does he have a presence there or does he, is he able to come back in some way or respect? How would that happen? And I'm, I'm sure they're going to do that within the first 10 minutes of the episode. Probably. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they resolve this rather quickly or they show us, you know, Layla, uh, somehow setting Conchu free and being able to, to, to fix this rather. I, I think it's, it's going to have to be resolved rather quickly. They can't spend a whole lot of time on it. Uh, I, and I don't know if they're going to bring us back to the asylum or not. Uh, that's, that's the other big question. Um, mm. My last one really is that fight on the barge on the yacht was, was just terrific seeing, seeing oh, yeah. how, you know, like you, you talked about how, how Mark is very protective of Steve and he tells him to go hide and, Steven's kind of like, you got this, Mark, you can do it, you can do it. And then at that point when Mark is being beaten, Steven realizes, no, I got this too. And he goes and he gets that baseball bat and he starts fighting and we see mm-hmm. him actually have that fighting. So I, I'm excited that I think in the next episode, we might get a Mr. Knight uh, having some fighting prowess in the in the <laughs> next episode. That would be, be cool to see. That'd be awesome. The only other note that I have that we haven't really already talked, or I've got a couple of notes that we haven't already talked about. The fact that Mark remembers all the people that he killed as mm-hmm. Moon Knight. Yeah. I because was, yeah. Even Stephen points it out saying, Hey, they're, they look like zombies. If you look, they all have the, uh, what is it? Uh, I guess the cylinders or anything in front of them for their body organs in front of them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a little uh, strange. That yeah. Part it was of it. a little but, bit but strange. I love how he goes through it. He goes like, Oh, that's from, from Gibbon. That was in New York. That was in this place. That was in this, that yep. place, you know, and he knows exactly all the places and he remembers all the people that he's, that he's killed. It was just, it was tragic. Cause that's a, that's hard to weigh that on is, a soul. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's literally him kind of looking at his life of killing people mm. at that point. And that's very yeah. hard to deal with. 
It's literally resting on his conscience and his soul, as it were. Every time I watched, I tried to, to pause it on whatever Mark, uh, whatever uh, Steven steps on at the beginning of the episode when he when he approaches the cave. Ah. Or in that, when he's in that memory, he, he steps on something and breaks it. And I tried to catch it every time. It looked like it might have been like a little figurine of, of Khonshu. I'm not sure. No. But, uh, uh, are you talking about when they were kids? Yeah, when they were kids and Steven is following them and they go it's into a bird. The, they go. It's a bird. Okay, he steps on a bird. Okay, it's a okay. it's a uh, skeleton of a bird. And okay. Yeah, I I kind of had that in my notes too, because it was kind of like oh, he broke his bonds with Kanchu at that point, mm. but in his mind and his soul, because literally he's going back in time, or maybe that's his way of actually stepping and becoming part of Kanchu. Mm. I don't know. Point. I just it was, it was just it was it it was it was too it was too much. It seemed too important not to mention, but at the same time, I just couldn't figure it out. So yeah, I, I knew right away it was a bird. Mm. So did you have any any other notes? One of which I have would be the goldfish with one fin was something that Mark's brother drew, and you could see that within a dream sequence when they're outside in the back before they mm-hmm. actually go out to the cave. And I actually had that. Now look at my notes. It's like him stepping on the bird's bones, which was a symbol of Kanchu. <laughs> um, next one would be Kanchu actually states the name Moon Knight. You will be my Moon Knight. That's right. I forgot about that. I should have said that. Oh. When we see how he became. So mm-hmm. Stephen points That's out that Kanchu used Mark as yeah. well, too. So basically, Stephen is saying, he's like, he used you. You were in turmoil, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, it, and it's very true. Very much like what Harold was saying. And it's very much like how what we were talking about a couple episodes ago, where I mentioned that, you know, Kanchu was kind of being like a bully to Mark at one point. And, you know, literally, that's that's what he is. It's like, you know, I'm wondering if, you know, at at the very end of this, you know, Kanji doesn't have any power over him, and he yet he's able to wield the the powers of Moon Knight on his own. Hmm. We'll see. Yep. What else you got? You said you had an Easter egg. Uh, one, and a lot of people are talking about this. Uh, Tara mentioned several planes of existence, and when she was going through her cards, mm-hmm. and you hear the, <laughs> you know, the scrolls flittering and flattering around and everything. I've heard that the the Black Panther God was part of this, and within that particular uh, of the gods of Egyptian lore, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking that's a link to the MCU as well. Mm. Which he mentions the astral plane. Yes. Yeah. So okay. I I think that's exactly it too, because a lot of the colors that come out of here, especially with Harrow and everything, look very similar. Because I watched Black Panther again. The first one, obviously, the only one that we got, and uh, the colors look very similar to what Harrow had in his uh, cane, as it were, from Amit. Mm, so yeah. uh, I already mentioned it looked like something out of uh, Agatha Harkness, but maybe it's a consistent thing within the the lore, yeah, of the MCU within this point. And that was it. <laughs> that was nothing it? special. Yeah. 
Um, I've only got one quote that we haven't already talked about, and I hope it doesn't steal yours. It was in when he's having the conversation with Mark about how did how did he get uh, to the psych ward, and uh, Mark says, "Well, how did you get how did you get here?" And he says, "I took the bus." I just <laughs> I just found that hilarious when he's just like, "I took the bus like I do every day," you know, <laughs> kind of thing. So. Uh, the only quote that I would have would be young Steven saying before his mother walks into the room as she's banging on the door. When danger is near, Stephen Grant has no fear. Mm. Meaning that that was how, That's right. you know, Stephen became to be. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. All right. So uh, apparently we got some feedback. Mm hmm. And our friend Lara sent some feedback, and we're going to listen to that now. Hey, Mark and Steve, this is Lara. I'm calling in with a bit of feedback about Moon Knight Episode 5, Asylum. First of all, the name of the episode, Asylum, obviously. It takes place in this pseudo-asylum where Mark and Steven find themselves, but also, um, you know, asylum can mean a bit of a sanctuary, and this asylum is this safe space in Mark's psyche where he created Stephen to be kind of a, a, a sanctuary for him to go to to avoid all the trauma that we see him experience in this episode. And I found it no coincidence that Tawaret, the goddess of mothers and children, who we find out the hippo goddess is, um, is the one who greets him because... There's a lot of mother and child issues that have to be addressed in this um, in this place where Mark finds himself. So mm, I thought it, I thought it was funny yeah. that Mark would rather take on an Egyptian goddess and all the minions of this afterworld rather than actually going and facing his his past um, because of this horrible horrible <laughs> childhood accident. Mark takes on a lot of guilt. Uh, he not only has the guilt of the death of his little brother, but also the decline of his mother, the decline of his family, and possibly even his mother's eventual death, because it looks like she was, um, you know, becoming a bit of an alcoholic, and maybe that's how she died. As an older sibling, I can totally understand understand that sense of responsibility, especially growing up in the 80s where we had basically the opposite of helicopter parents. I had a younger brother, and basically they just our parents would tell us to go off and play, and as the older sibling, I was expected to take care of my little brother at all times. So, yeah, I can totally see if something would have ever happened to him, how that guilt would just set on my mind and you know, probably was never fair that that all of that guilt had to sit on Stephen's shoulder. I mean, Mark's shoulders, and uh, you know, his mother put that kind of stress on him. Um, it's no wonder he took the path in life that he ended up taking as a mercenary. I mean, he already had a lifetime of believing that he was a damaged and horrible person. So you know, why not go off and you know? <laughs> rob people, murder people, you know, he, he never thought that he was a good person. Um, he might have found a way to suppress Stephen in the past, most likely at the mental hospital in Chicago that Harrow references. 
that he's supposed to be at. I think maybe that's how he suppressed Stephen for so long. But then we see he has a relapse two months ago because that's when Layla said he disappeared and Mm. that's when his mother died. So Mark couldn't handle that sorrow and guilt and he let Stephen take over. And wow, that was the most amazing scene. Oscar Isaac needs an (laughs) Emmy just for that scene. Um, later we find that Mark created Steven from his little brother's favorite movie. And I think that Steven seems to take on that childish innocence of Mark's yes. younger brother and maybe even the meekness of his father who tried to give Mark love, but he never could find the strength to yeah, confront his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had a few remaining questions. I found it a little confusing that when, Mark's mother goes in to beat him. It seemed like Stephen was taking all the punishment <laughs> at that point mm. in the bedroom scene, but it seems also like Stephen was created to be the mental asylum for Mark. So I'm not sure. It seems like Stephen never remembered any of those um, mm-hmm. moments of abuse. And so the souls are falling into the afterlife. Does that mean that Harrow has gotten Amit's Ushakti and has released Amit into the world and therefore has done something to Layla? Oh my gosh, I gotta wait till next week, but I really hope she's okay. And lastly, we still don't see Mark's so-called partner who murdered Layla's father and all the other archaeologists. So there may still be a chance that it could be Mark and Steven's other identity. Um, Mark did try to take himself out before Kanchu offered him Mm -hmm. a new job. So who are we to say that Mark, um, who are we to say that it was Mark who accepted? Maybe it was this third identity. I don't know. I'm still, kind of on that bandwagon that maybe, or at least on that theory that maybe it was his other alter ego that killed um, Mm. Layla's father, but that's going to create a huge amount of complications. All right. Those are my theories and my questions. And wow, what an amazing, amazing episode. Uh, I'm excited for next week's episode, but kind of sad too. I don't want it to end. Uh, excited to listen to what you guys have to say about it because this was an awesome episode. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you wow. so much, Laura. Yeah. Thank and thank you, you for having the same the same confusion that I had about the whole the beating scene. I, I appreciate that somebody else was a little confused there. Yeah, uh, I, it is confusing. I do think, though, I, I don't think it's going to be the other personality that killed Lady's father. I think it's going to be his commanding officer, this Bushman fella, who Same killed thing. Layla's father. And I think yeah. he's going to, sh- he may or may not show up in the next episode, but I think if this yeah. character remains, he might come into play down in the future. Yeah. I think he will be confronted at, at a certain point. Bushman. I don't think it is Mark's third, but I think Lara kind of answered her question about, you know, because of Stephen taking over when his mother was, uh, when Mark's mother was banging on the door and coming in, and her thinking that, you know, Stephen was taking the beating and then just repressing it. I don't think that's, that's it at all. I think it's the other kid. And yeah. that's another personality that we haven't really seen. And, you know, honestly, we have not seen this. It's kind of in the shadows. It only comes out when it, true extremism comes into play. Mark's mm-hmm. there to protect, 
and that's who he is. Stephen is there for the more analytical and historical point of view, but I think whatever this other personality, whether it be Jake Lotley or not, who knows, whatever they call this person, I think this is their protector of both of them. And they just don't know who this person is. <laughs> and I don't think it's somebody that would kill anybody, let alone Layla's father, you know? Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I'm I'm hoping not anyway. Yeah, same here. Alright, so uh I we don't have any other feedback. Uh we don't have any comic book news other than Ezra Miller is still attacking people, apparently. <laughs> and delaying Flash, which I'm very upset about. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, there, there's like a whole bunch of stuff, but, mul- uh, Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is coming out. Uh, they already had CinemaCon recently and a lot of my, or a lot of people who I know out in California actually got to go see it because they have that awesome advantage of being top players in media. And uh, and covering all this stuff, and they got to see like the the first twenty minutes of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which was amazing. Apparently, they got to see a really cool fifteen minutes of uh, snippets of like Top Gun, Maverick. Ugh, uh, I- I'm really upset and jealous. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, we-, we have that looked, you know, we have that to look forward to because uh, obviously next week or when you get this, it'll probably with, be within the week. And Doctor Strange will be out. And I already knew people that already had seen Doctor Strange, and they've already told me that they did, but they didn't give me any spoiler reviews. And they said, it is amazing. And I said, as amazing as Spider-Man? They're like, yes. Okay, cool. So to me, I'm happy about that, and I look forward to seeing that when I can. I'm not one of those crazy people that buys their tickets at a time. <laughs> I know a lot of people that we know. You, Steve, you probably already bought your ticket, probably. Not, not yet, but I will be. I will be. I've, I've got to wait and see how I feel uh, that week. So I may have to wait a little bit. But yeah. I'm, yeah I'm, I, that, that weekend, I actually, I have to go to uh, Red Bank, New Jersey, and it's the 25th anniversary of the uh, Jay and Silent Bob secret stash. So I will be there for the celebration. So I'll get there, hang out with uh, Kevin, Jay, everybody from the clerk's crew, and uh, celebrate the the 25th anniversary of the Secret Stash, and then they're going to do a, a cool Q&A at night, so I will be there. I'll have business cards for Panels to Pixels, so if you guys are there, look for the guys with the Panels to Pixels podcast t-shirt, and I will there be there. Go. There you go. But <laughs> uh, I plan on there, and then me working it out, trying to get Kevin for uh, our 200th episode, which I want to happen. So he said it was going to be a done deal, but I haven't heard back from anybody. So this is my next step of trying to make that happen. Very but, cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, now on to uh, podcast recommendations. So what do you have, Steve? Uh, the only one I've got is if you are a watcher of the show Ozark, their second half of season four, the finale season, uh, dropped today on Netflix. And a few days ago, our good friends, uh, Rima and Wendy, mm-hmm. did a podcast covering yeah. the first four and a half seasons on Strange Indeed. So check out uh, the Podcastica group. 
uh, Strange Indeed. They'll be covering Ozark. They'll be taking it week to week for the next uh, however many episodes are in the last half of the season. I listened to their recap of the beginning because I needed to get caught up because I have I didn't even watch the first half of season four. So I need to watch the first half of season four and then uh, launch into that. So check out uh, Strange Indeed, a podcastica podcast covering Ozark. Awesome. Very cool. And uh, the only thing I have really to offer, I, I've been continuing doing this, and I mention it every week, uh, Truest Blood with Deborah Ann Wall and uh, I'm forgetting, uh, Kristen Bauer. Uh, and they were actually in True Blood. And they had some uh, pretty interesting episodes lately. They're doing it episode by episode, so I highly recommend it. I've been re-watching it, and it, to me, re-watching a show that has been gone and listening to a podcast from the actors that were on it and then people that were involved is amazing. Uh, to me, it's pretty cool to watch and as well as listen to within the podcast itself. So, uh, choice blood, you can find that on any p- podcast player of choice. Very, very cool. And YouTube recommendations. Well, obviously the grim life collective, uh, Michael and Jessica are still out there doing their thing. Um, they're hitting all the spots out there, all the spooky trails. So check them out on YouTube if you can. Uh, you could check out Malfunction, which is Sean Clark's pot or YouTube and podcast because he does the thing with two heads on that as well. It's only one, it's one whole thing. And Sean is a liaison to the stars that you could actually see at conventions. So, uh, check that out. He, he kind of, uh, shown some of his collection and he's got a cool bunch of like horror and sci-fi and all that memorabilia in his house. You know, I I think his house is literally a museum if you think about it. (laughs) And that's about it. All right. Well, as we do every week, we love to hear, hear from you. If you can, if you are listening to us on whatever podcast player of choice you choose, whether it's Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or any of the, the ones that are out there, please give us a shout out, a review, uh, or anything. If we get wind of it, we will uh, reference you on the podcast. Exactly. Uh, you can check us out on our website, which would be www.panelstopixelspodcast.com. And it'll probably relocate you to our Facebook group, which would be facebook.com slash panels to pixels at this point. I'm trying to work on the website, (laughs) but (laughs) uh, still working on it. Very good. We are also on Twitter at panels to pixels. That's at panels, the number two and pixels on Twitter. Exactly. And you can email us at panels to pixels one at gmail.com. That's panels. Two is spelled T-O, pixels, and the number one at gmail.com. There you could easily type in your thoughts about the episode or whatever we're covering at that time. Or you could easily just record yourself and send it as an attachment. And we'll play it just like we did with Lara. And then we'll talk about it as we are listening to it live on the podcast. Absolutely. We are on YouTube as well. We are Panels to Pixels podcast on there. Give us a thumbs up and subscribe. Again, that's Panels to Pixels podcast. All words spelled out on YouTube. Yep. And we are on Instagram. And that would be at Panels to Pixels podcast. So check that out. Uh, I haven't really been posting much 
Uh, I think, Steve, you've been posting a lot, but we're going to try to make that more of a habit. <laughs> yeah. We'll try to get on that more. Yeah. Uh, we also we would also love for you to check out all the other podcasts on the Next Level Podcast Network. All of them are great. Ben is his interview show. Wilhelm is coming back. The Melting Pat Podcast Zero, and there's many more other podcasts on there. Go to the Next Level Radio Online dot com, or excuse me, Next Level Radio Online dot com, uh, and check all of them out there. Exactly. So, coming up next week, well, the final episode of Moon Knight. And the episode title, I have no clue. But we will be covering it, and we want to hear your thoughts. So, please send them out. So, once there's an image on Facebook, and you're on Facebook, I'm sure everybody's on Facebook, leave them in the comments below once you see that image that day. We will definitely have one out. We will definitely have one out next week. Oh, we had one out this past week, too. There you go. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) So uh, where else can listeners hear us, Steve? Uh, For me, I send uh, voice messages to various other podcasts that our friends do, and they're gracious enough to play those on their podcasts. Um, I just sent one actually to TV Podcast Industries and uh, to House Podcastica, praising them on their coverage of Moon Knight. I also... Uh, over there on Podcastica, they are starting a new podcast about the show From. Uh, if you watched the season one of From, Alex and Elizabeth Abby? are Elizabeth are covering From ah. uh, there on. Uh, oh, Lizzie, uh, on yeah, House, on House Podcastica, yeah, on that. Yeah, feed. Lizzie is on there. I forgot about that. Wow. All right. Cool. And, uh, well, you guys could also listen to me on Adrenaline Cinema Podcast, which could be found on the Pyrocore Entertainment Network. And with there, we cover action, adventure, thriller, suspense films, anything that gets your adrenaline going. Uh, I just recently uploaded, <laughs> of all things, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Dune. Mind you, yes, listeners, I know you could yell at me and you're probably yelling at your your phone or your car radio or whatever. Yeah, I've been talking about this for a while. We recorded back in February. It's finally out. <laughs> I had to do a lot of editing. And honestly, it wasn't more about Megan. It was more about me. Uh, so I, I fixed it and I had a resolve. So if you see or you hear that uh, tape rewind and stop and clicking, that's me editing, adding in more crap that uh, we kind of figured out like a month or two after. And I was like, okay, we're going to throw this in here. So uh, please excuse the uh, difference in sound quality. But, you know, we had fun. Uh, you have look, you have other things to look forward to on Adrenaline Cinema Podcast. We're going to be doing Army of Darkness. Uh, Jerry and I are going to cover uh, the Planet of the Apes. We're going to go through the Apes series. Again, the Angry Red Planet. Uh, I believe Big Trouble in Little China is up up there that we're going to be covering. So just go to the Adrenaline Cinema Podcast Facebook page, and we will let you know exactly what we're covering at that time. And just comment below if you're interested or you want to get your voice out there as well, based upon the movies that we're covering there. Other than that, you can hear me right here on Panels to Pixels Podcast, as always. And with that, I think that's our show. And we look forward to seeing the next Moon Knight episode, everyone. 
I hope you guys are too. Uh, I know Steve and I are very, uh, we're pretty much looking forward to that as well as Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, right, Steve? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, that is our show. And I just want to thank everyone for listening. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this was Panels to Pixels podcast. And we'll see you on the next panel. Good night, everybody. Good night. Later, gators. Ha, 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 ha.